Hey everyone, welcome to the Keith Battle Podcast. I am your host, Asha Battle, and I am filling in for Pastor Battle today, who is on hiatus. Today I have with me a phenomenal woman, um, an author, a speaker, a mother of four, a PhD candidate, an entrepreneur, a singer. Her name is Winter Harris, and her story is one that's very inspiring. She's so well-versed in so many different areas of life. And I'm so excited to have her here with us to share all of her wisdom. So welcome, Winter. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Asha. I'm excited. I'm excited about uh, tonight. So I'm I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Great. So am I. So look, tell us about yourself. Tell us your story. Um, I know there's a lot of um, you know, different parts to um, your story, but can you give us a gist of who you are? Sure, sure. Uh, first and foremost, I am a lover of Christ. Uh, that is just so important for me to start out saying. I am in a season of my life where I'm just kind of falling in love with Jesus all over again. So I, I always like to tell people right now, Jesus and I are in the sweet spot. So I want to start there oh, and just nice. um, give honor to him and, and just all the things he, he's allowed for me to just overcome and accomplish in my life. I am a mom of four. So outside of being a lover of Christ, I am a proud mom of four. My oldest mm-hmm. child will be 18 next month. And so oh. um, <laughs> when people look me up, they always are like what I know I don't look like it but you look 18 so (laughs) yes I am um excited for her she's definitely become just a great young woman so um that's a little bit I was married for 15 years and so uh, out of that union produced our four beautiful children I am a marketing and communications manager by day I am a hopeless uh in love entrepreneur I love all things entrepreneurship and so Mm -hmm. I am the founder of the created to be brand where our passion is purpose and helping people discover their purpose and our Mm -hmm. conference is coming up next month and so I'm so excited we're so excited for the people that are coming and um, I write as a passion and so I you know got into writing and got into writing my books and just kind of sharing my life and my story I was married to an NFL player for 15 years. And that union uh, produced a lot of growth in me. We got married at 19. And so with growth comes, you know, struggle and growing pains. And, you know, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, our story did not end um, in a union that was would last forever. But it produced a lot of uh, wisdom in regards to relationships. And that's how I got into relationship coaching and relationship speaking. And so I dealt a lot with infidelity. And Mm -hmm. so while that is a small part of my story, I gained so much knowledge out of going through that. And I know people always think I'm crazy for saying this, but when I tell you the infidelity was literally one of the best things that could have happened to me because Mm -hmm. it really allowed for me to know God in the most personal way that I think I've ever uh, been able to experience him. And so um, oh. I'm grateful for the experience. And I know people are like, what? And trust me, mm-hmm. my story is like a, a Jerry Springer story. But out of that still produced a level of um, gratefulness to God, love for God, love, it helped me discover my passion. And mm-hmm. it allowed me to embrace forgiveness in such a such a tremendous way. Um, my ex-husband and I, co-parents so well we don't have any animosity it is a peaceful situation 
I've never been in a situation where it's been tumultuous. And so I'm just grateful. That's not everyone's story, but that is just indicative of how God's grace has been at work in our lives. And so that's a little bit about me. (laughs) That's a blessing to be able to co-parent and there's no animosity. It's just a great relationship because that's good for the kids too to see that you know absolutely absolutely and yeah (laughs) I'm so glad um I remember you saying that you were um I was reading up on you and you said that you're a fearless love facilitator and I love that I just wanted you to tell us exactly what that means to love fearlessly so Stems from my book that I have coming out uh, here shortly, Bold, Brave, Beautiful Love. And for me to be a fearless love facilitator means that I had to go through some, some fears of my own to really understand and embrace what that can mean to other people. But for me, to be a fearless love facilitator is to help people be confident and courageous in their ability to love and their truth. And so that, that is my passion. I love just, I, this book is probably going to end up being one of my favorites just because I'm being very honest, but fear is such a part of all of our lives, whether we, we like it or not, it's a part of the human experience, Mm -hmm. but God has given us such an ability to overcome fear. And he speaks to us quite often in the Bible about fear, not fear, not. He always seems to lead with that, especially Jesus when he's talking fear, not. So we know that we have the ability to overcome it. And when we don't, it hinders us in such an incredible way uh, that for me, it just kind of became a passion project to really inspire people to overcome their fear because you can, Mm -hmm. it's doable. You just really have to put in the work and be intentional about it, but definitely loving courageously is just it's a beautiful thing and it's so freedom it's so freeing um Mm -hmm. that we have the freedom in Christ to do so so that's that's I I get so excited about it but yes I could go on forever (laughs) about that I can tell it's your passion and that you're very passionate about fearless love and I just love the that that phrase together because fear and love you most often hear it and and opposing thoughts so I I just love the way you put that together and I wanted to know so my my dad Pastor Battle he's he talks about how your misery becomes your ministry and how t- at times when you know you go through something like a divorce like infidelity like losing a parent um that becomes the group of people that you are most um inclined to help and that you just have a passion for and it becomes your ministry yes so I wanted to touch on that a little bit. Is that is that why you're so passionate about fearless love or why are you so passionate about it? Absolutely. And it's not just what I went through going through my, you know, divorce or the infidelity. I think anytime you experience heartbreak, mm-hmm. you develop some sort of fear. Yes, <laughs> it, it, yes. it, it definitely incites fear. We're scared, we're timid, we hide. And mm-hmm. for me, my ministry moment let me just back up. I'll back up just a minute. So with the infidelity, one of the things that it really attacked in my own personal life was my security and my self-worth. What did Mm -hmm. I do so bad that would make, you know, this person mistreat me or cheat on me? What did I do? I used to Mm -hmm. ask God that all the time. What did I do so bad, God? Like, I know that I'm not perfect. I know that I've messed up, but what did I do so bad? 
And Mm -hmm. so after we divorced, God really began to deal with me. And it took years. You know, we've been divorced for some years now, but it took years for Mm -hmm. God to really reestablish my security and my identity and my self-worth. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times we love out of our insecurity, but Mm -hmm. it's really loving out of our fear. And Mm -hmm. so going back and rebuilding my identity in Christ and allowing him to reestablish my worth really confronted my fear in a way that I could go back into the dating world, understanding Mm -hmm. that I was worthy, understanding that there was nothing that I could have done to influence another person's choice, but I can grow out of it. I can learn out of it. And out Mm -hmm. of that learning, I can courageously embrace love again because I'm worthy Mm -hmm. of it. I'm deserving of it. And so that this whole, you know, few years that I've been in transition of going through my divorce has really been, allowing God to reestablish my worth and my identity. And that has really helped cast out the fear that I have. Cause I'm telling you, I went back into the dating world thinking who is going to want a mama for mm-hmm. I'm divorced. Even though I wasn't as old as, you know, some divorcees, I was still old enough <laughs> to mm-hmm. where I just thought nobody's going to want me. Like who really wants me? And Man, when you start to shed that fear, allow God to reestablish your worth, you walk with a new sense of confidence. That's why I talk about being confident and courageous. There's a certain level of bravery that the Holy Spirit will give you when you begin to walk in your truth and accept your truth. Yes, this is who I am. Yes, this is my experience, but it does not define me. In fact, in fact, what I've been through is actually propelling me into Mm -hmm. who God is calling me to be. And I just gained so much confidence that I didn't have anything to be afraid of. You know what? You would be well served to Mm -hmm. marry a woman such as myself who's rooted and grounded in the things of God. I would bring you so much faith. Those are the things I had to begin to tell myself and condition myself. Mm. Why not you, winner? Why wouldn't they want you? And so uh, that is challenging. That is openly challenging that fear and those lies that fear tries to sell us on a day-to-day basis that we're not Mm -hmm. worthy. We don't deserve it. Who's going to love us? Especially for those of us that have been abused in any capacity. There is such an attack on the mind of people right now. I think mental health is at an all-time high. The Mm -hmm. need for uh, mental health therapy and care is is at an all-time high. It's increased. But I think it is nothing but the work of the enemy to try to convince us of who we are not. And that's why it's so important to get rooted and grounded in who you are (laughs) and allow, you know, God's word to establish Mm -hmm. himself in you. So you're not dealing with those constant battles or even if you have them, you can cast down those imaginations. You can tell those thoughts what you are not and what you are. And it just becomes so comforting and it fills you with so much confidence to just be able to move forward and say, you know what? I am who God says I am like me or, or hate me. That's not important. I know I'm loved by a great God and he has a great future for me and I don't have to be afraid. I can walk forward and just be firm in who he's called me to be. Amen. That's good right there. I love, so I love how you say that, you know, you had to build back up your self-worth and your identity because I know for myself and probably for many other women after a heartbreak, Sometimes you do feel like you lost your identity or you lost who you were. And um, you told us some of the things you told yourself and the way your your faith played a part of it. And I wanted to know if there was any other 
um, practical steps that you took in order to um, to build your identity and your self-worth back up? Yes. So let's just start. I mentioned it just a little bit, but mental health. I mm-hmm. saw a therapist. Sometimes we need Jesus and therapy. Yes. It is okay to see mm-hmm. a therapist. I it saw is. one for a long time. I mm-hmm. needed to. It was important. I needed to be healthy for not only myself, but for my kids. So yes. that is first things. Uh, first things first. Let's start there. Spiritual accountability. So mm. I, I'm going to say why that's important. Because what we have a tendency to do when we've been hurt or that there is heartbreak, we have a tendency to blame and blame keeps us from moving forward because it takes mm-hmm. the place of forgiveness. Blame wow. and forgiveness cannot coexist. We yes. have to. And I had a friend and this is why I say accountability. So when I was going through the infidelity and I was going through, you know, deciding whether or not I wanted to divorce. You know, I was kind of on the fence, didn't know what I wanted to do, but I was Mm -hmm. angry. I was bitter. I was hurt in a way that I did not know my heart could be broken. I was upset with the Lord. I was upset with the grass, like just mad. Mm -hmm. And so I had a friend and she is just a dear friend. We met her husband uh, played for the Redskins the same time as my um, ex-husband. And so we just formed this sisterhood. But I'm so grateful for her because I remember her calling me one day and I was literally going down the list of all the things my ex-husband had done. I don't know how I could forgive him. He did this. He did that. He did this. I mean, I was going on. And she said to me, Winter, if you ever want to be free, you are going to have to relinquish your right to be right. Mm. Wow. And I listen when I tell you I was so mad at her for telling me that I was like, how dare you? (laughs) Whose side are you on? Exactly. But I'm telling you, God dealt with me so strong in Mm. that relinquish your right to be right. Because essentially what we do is become an accuser of the brethren, Mm -hmm. just like the enemy is to us. Mm. And I don't want to be in partnership with the enemy. I want to be in partnership with God, which means I have to relinquish my right because it allows me to see a person through the lens of grace. And if I can see them through the Mm -hmm. lens of grace, I can basically understand that the same God that saved me in my mess is the Mm -hmm. same God that can save them in theirs. And forgiveness Mm. is not about absolving them of their guilt. It's about me accessing my freedom in him and being able to move forward. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I relinquished my right, took me some time, but I relinquished my right. But without that spiritual accountability, we set up our own sense of judgment and rightness. We need the accountability to hold Mm. up a mirror that says, you know what? You are right. You have every right, but you're going to have to relinquish your right. If you want to be in right standing with the Lord, if you really want to see him do a work in your life and heal you of that unforgiveness, you have to relinquish it, give it up. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard thing when we are justified in our anger and we are justified in our right to accuse another, we have to relinquish it. But when I was able to relinquish it and it took a traumatic event, I almost lost my life in the hospital. Mm. And I thought to myself, Winter, is this this what your life is going to be? If I leave here, what is my legacy? What would people say about me? Mm. And all I had was my unforgiveness. All I had was being attached to this man that I thought had just ruined my entire life, stole my youth, and I I couldn't stand him. I mean, I don't want to say hate. It's a strong word, but I was on the cusp. I had allowed Mm. that bitterness to build up in me. I was on the cusp of hating him. 
And boy, when you're faced between what your life is and eternity, what you're mad at becomes really small. Mm-hmm. And I said, God, I cannot live this way anymore. If you will spare my life, whatever it takes, I'm willing to re- relinquish my right to move forward and to mm-hmm. find out what you have for me beyond this moment. And he healed my body. I was released wow. from the hospital. And even though it didn't save my marriage, I remember looking at my ex-husband when I made the decision to leave the marriage. I said, you know what? I don't want to argue. I don't want to fight. He'll tell you. I forgive you. I just want to do what's best for our kids and move forward. Wow. That is the grace of God because the winter of old, listen, I was hanging by a wing and a prayer when it comes to Christianity. I was Mm -hmm. hurt and I was broken But God healed me in a way and showed me his grace. When he begins to show you yourself, Mm -hmm. you cannot deny that we need him as desperately as anybody. And we like to separate and measure sin, but God does Mm -hmm. not. He sees it all the same. And so when we are allowed to see that and we have the accountability for people to show us ourselves, um, we grow in a different type of way. And so, yes, tip accountability. You got it. You got to have it. It's so, so important. Mm. And then figure out who you are. Man, I had been a stay at home mom for almost 10 years by the time, you know, my ex-husband and I divorced. And sometimes being a mom, you can really lose yourself and just being mm-hmm. a mom. But mm-hmm. I like to tell women this, especially when I go speak. You had a purpose before you were ever somebody's mom, before you were ever somebody's wife, before mm-hmm. you were ever somebody's daughter, before God even put you in your mom's belly. You had a purpose. Ask him what that is. Ask him to show you, ask him to reveal those gifts and talents in you that contribute to his purpose for your life. And Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, once God began to really deal with me, I found out that a part of my purpose was helping other people discover their purpose. And so that's how created to be actually came into existence. Created to be, I'm telling you, when you understand that, from the depths of who you are, there is not a devil in hell that can challenge that and can challenge you. There is a powerful um, just ability to really walk boldly in the things of God, to walk boldly in the things of this earth. When you are sure and you know that you know that you are walking out the plan and the purpose that God has for your life. And Mm -hmm. so you got to get committed to figuring that out. I did a lot of um, masterminds, you know, Think about hiring a a coach, life coaching, Mm -hmm. relationship coaching. These are things that are really going to contribute to who you are and get out of your house. I cannot say that enough. Get out of your house, explore new things, discover new interests, travel, Mm. get outside of your house. Those are Mm. things that really helped me as well. And I really found that I love to travel. And so it kind of developed a new hobby in me. And so those are just four things that I would really encourage people to do when they're trying to, you know, rediscover and find out, you know, God, why did you put me here? Because we all have a a reason. There is a divine reason. And so Mm -hmm. you got to do the work to figure out what that is. Those four tips are amazing. And thank you so much for sharing and going into depth of how you can actually apply them to your lives. I'm still on the relinquish your right to be right. Like <laughs> that was profound. And your friend is a real one for that. Yes. <laughs> Takes a lot of courage to say that to someone who's hurting. I'm telling yes. you. Oh my goodness. But that really puts things in perspective. I mean, 
that's that's amazing so I have a question for you do you regret getting a divorce absolutely not (laughs) absolutely (laughs) not I don't because let me tell you there is nothing that God hasn't accounted for that Mm -hmm. we will experience I saw a meme I think last week and he said it said when when God major purpose he considered your stupidity (laughs) Mm. (laughs) and I you know think about that think about how powerful that is God considers everything he Mm -hmm. considers your mistakes he considers your problems he considers your trials he considers your tribulations but then he says I will cause all things to work together for your good so Mm -hmm. that means no, I can't change because I'm not the one who chose to commit infidelity, right? And right. of course, it didn't salvage the relationship. And let me just be clear, because I, I want to always tell people, I am always for marriage. Marriage mm-hmm. is, is God's idea. I believe in the institution. And so I do not advocate. I have to, I want to be responsible. I do not advocate divorce, Let me tell you, we tried. The first incident of infidelity I found out with, I did not leave my ex-husband for another seven years. Mm -hmm. From the first incident to to filing for separation, there was a seven-year period. And that seven-year period consisted of godly counsel, professional counsel, and a lot of soul searching. I do Mm -hmm. not believe that you should leave a marriage lightly. So I want to put that out there. Do everything you can. So when you do make the decision to leave, you can leave knowing that you did everything you could do and that it just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't something that worked out. And so, Mm -hmm. no, I don't regret it. I know I gave it my all. I gave it my best. And I believe that is why God has been so gracious to me once I left. Mm -hmm. It's because I honestly try to leave the right way. And I actually wrote a book. A Christian's Guide to Divorce God's Way. And people say, Mm. Winter, what does that mean? God doesn't like divorce. He hates divorce. Yes, he does. But in all circumstances, good or bad, God is a God of decency and an order. And I believe Mm. that even in conflict, there is a way that he would choose for us to handle it. And so even in divorce, there is a right way to handle things. I did not go on a campaign. I did not bash my husband. You know, at the time, I did not go off about what he did and blast it. No. There was an appointed time where we had moved some time away and I was sharing a ministry, but to bash him, absolutely not. There is a way to do all things. And so, no, I don't regret it, but I am thankful for it. I'm extremely grateful for it in the way that it's contributed to my life and my growth in Christ. And mm. so great question. <laughs> great question. And great no. answer. Great answer. <laughs> um, so do you have any other salient points that you would give um, to any man or woman who is recently divorced or maybe even separated? Do you have any um, advice for them? Don't rush the process of your healing. Mm, That's good. Take the time. Take the time. You know, I find so many people, I do a lot of relationship coaching and I find a lot of people literally rush back in to something else as soon as they divorce. And Mm -hmm. I always ask, when did you heal? When did you take the time to heal? When did you take the time to repair? It would be foolish of a person to tear their ACL and try to start running the next day. Yep. 
that's essentially what we do when we jump from relationship to relationship, especially a relationship like marriage. There's a soul tie and a covenant that was put in place that's broken now. Mm-hmm. When do you allow God time to heal that? So give yourself time. And I also like to encourage people, you know, there's no rush. There's no hurry. There will be someone to love you when you're ready to love again. And sometimes we trick ourselves into believing, oh, nope, I got to hurry up. I got to get back out there. And sometimes we have to figure out why are we doing that? Because oftentimes we're doing that to prove a point to the person that we just left. So we're not Mm -hmm. even pursuing love in the right heart or the right spirit. Take the time to heal my goodness take the time yes so that's the most probably the the best point and the most significant point that I could give to any person that's going through a divorce or a separation you got to take the time it's so important that's good so so you are a relationship coach yes and um what like what does that look like so do you do you like hook people up do you <laughs> tell them like who they should and shouldn't date so uh, we're gonna be funny just for a little bit so let me let me tell you so I love all things relationships it is such a passion of mine that I found that I I loved as well after I um divorced but let me be clear I am horrible at hooking people up <laughs> I am literally zero for three and it is it is embarrassing but it is terrible I'm just not good at it and so while I can give you all of the relationship vi- advice in the world, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I probably would not take my advice if I suggested someone, not because <laughs> I'm trying to set, set someone up. I think, I think people who can like connect people, that's a special type of gift. That yeah. is not my gift. Like you got to know what your strengths are and you got to mm-hmm. know, know what your weaknesses are. That is a weakness of mine. I would not try to be responsible for hooking anyone up, but I can give you great advice. And so what does that look like? Well, it depends on why an individual comes to me. I actually do um, coaching for individuals and couples. And so mm-hmm. what are you looking for? For couples, I know I'm working with a couple who's working on their communication. And so those mm-hmm. are things that we help, you know, kind of, sift through and work through and develop better communication habits. But for an individual, it could be healing from heartbreak. And so I tell people all the time, I am a um, equal opportunity truth teller. And so Mm -hmm. if you're coming to me to um, have me pick sides, I'm very balanced in my perspective. And so um, if you want the truth, that would, uh, that would be me. I'm going to give you the God honest truth, but only to challenge you and to help you grow. We can't really help people go to the next level in their relationships and really in life if we don't challenge them to grow. And so that is my Mm -hmm. job as a, as a coach is to challenge the individual to really challenge their perspective because I think mm-hmm. perspective is everything. How we see the world is how we live the world. And so mm-hmm. I really try to challenge perspective and challenge how people, how they do relationship. And so um, it's just exciting. I always get excited when I see people grow. I had one young lady, she came to me after a heartbreak and she was really dealing with it. And so one of the questions I always ask the individuals I coach, what do you not believe about yourself that makes you believe that you're not worthy? And so she wrote a letter to herself and um, it was just so powerful. I actually attended her wedding last month or a couple months ago, back in July. So to see where she was when she came to me (laughs) as a coaching client and was not seeing anyone, she wasn't dating anyone, but um, a year later she met her now husband. And so I got to attend their wedding and actually caught the bouquet 
weirdly (laughs) weirdly um but that was just you know just excited to celebrate with them so that's always a win for me and I I just like to impact as much as I can impact that's what's most important and so that's what coaching allows me to do on a more um, individual and customized basis to really impact a person and how they do relationship nice so with your, um, I'm not sure if you have divorce clients, but would you say that dating after a divorce is difficult and if, why or why not? So I do have divorce clients. And for me, well, I can only go off personal experience and what I've heard from my clients. After divorce, it really depends on A, location, B, how old you are, mm-hmm. and C, how healed you are. Those are all three major factors that can make dating after divorce hard or easy. And I Mm -hmm. think too, um, like for me, I'm I'm over 35, right? Let's just Mm -hmm. be real about it. Child is the pickings are slim, you know, (laughs) it's not a whole Mm -hmm. lot of, a lot of options out there. So you really, as a believer, you really have to trust God to navigate the area of dating for you. But I always tell people like, let's be practical too. I mean, He's not going to find you in your house. So get out Mm -hmm. the house, you know, find new things to do. Get out and and experience new places and and activities. But, yeah, I think it just depends. Uh, If you're in a smaller location, I can't imagine. Like D.C., you have a a little bit um, wider, wider net to cast because the area is so big and vast. But if I was dating in a small town after divorce, I couldn't even imagine, especially like where I grew up. Absolutely not. I would probably be divorced yeah. for an extended period, extended period of time. So <laughs> I think it just depends. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. So we're going to talk about parenting yes. and how you balance being a mom, running several businesses, being a full-time doctoral student, being a speaker, how do you balance the parenting? So my kids always come first. That is just a rule of thumb. So because my ex-husband and I have joint custody, they're with me 50% of the time. They're with him mm-hmm. 50% of the time. So mm-hmm. I always like to shout out the importance of having a village. And mm-hmm. so my village makes my life possible when mm-hmm. it comes to you know running the conference events. I have a team. When it comes to my kids, my family lives in the area. Mm-hmm. I just don't think you can underestimate. I always think about the Proverbs 31 woman. This woman had a, a team of, of maid servants. Like mm-hmm. she had people <laughs> to help her. Help mm-hmm. is essential. So that's how I balance. Like yeah. I said, um, my ex-husband and I co-parent well. We're on the same page when it comes to how we want them to be raised. And so I don't take events on the weekends or days that they're with me. I try to avoid that as much as possible because Mm -hmm. I think as parents, your most important job is to be present. And so I try to be present as much as I can. But like you said, I do run the businesses that has um, a lot of work involved as well. I travel to speak, not just, you know, speak locally. I travel to speak. And so I just try to coordinate. My assistant is great, but she knows like my, my calendar is blocked off on certain weekends because she knows those are my weekends with my kids. And so, yeah, absolutely. It's priority, right? Like your first ministry is home. And so I don't ever want to lose sight of that. No matter how high God takes me, my kids are my highest priority outside of my relationship with him. 
And so that's how I lead my life. I don't always uh, get it right. Let me just say that because I think there's a lot of pressure on ourselves, especially as mom to all moms is always (laughs) to get it uh, perfect and always be perfect. But Mm -hmm. I don't always excel as much as I would like to. But my kids will tell you, for the most part, I am always there. I'm always there. I try to make sure I'm there and they know they can count on me. So I I love being a mom. It's been my greatest, greatest privilege in life. I I tell people all the time, I might not have been sure of too many other things, but being a mom, I've always been sure of that. And I'm just grateful. I love my kids so much. That's great. Great advice. Village village is everything. I can, I'm a testament for that as well. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So question, where do you see yourself in the next 10 years? So I always prophesy over myself that I'm going to be baby Oprah. So because of that, (laughs) because of that prophecy over myself, baby Oprah, I would love to be hosting my own show. I would love to have lots of businesses in 10 years. I would love to see the created to be brand uh, just be able to have a number of events with thousands of people being delivered and set free to walk in their purpose like never before. Um, I see, I don't know how many books I write all the time. So in 10 years, who knows, maybe I'll have like a whole collection in 10 years <laughs> um, and married and happy. I don't know that I would have any more kids. Uh, the Lord is the author of that. But I, <laughs> I do see myself married in 10 years, very happy and married and traveling the world uh, to spread the good news of God's love and grace and just teaching people how to continue to love fearlessly. That's where right. I see myself in 10 years. Awesome. Awesome. So tell us a little, tell us a, about your book that she, that's coming out soon or is it already yes. out it's coming out no soon, right? it's coming out soon it's coming okay. out soon we i'm putting some finishing touches and then it'll go off to the copy editor to be wrapped up so bold brave beautiful love escaping the cycle of loving in fear and so this like i said it's a personal book it's definitely a part of my own journey but it's really i feel god's wisdom being poured into me to really just share how we were called to move mountains with our faith. And I, I, I thought about this the other day. God doesn't tell us to like physically move. He says, use your faith to speak to that mountain and it has to move. Like mm-hmm. that's power. That is, yeah. <laughs> that is so much power. I don't even think we can really comprehend. But if we don't have enough faith and we allow our fear to just overwhelm us, we will always see our mountains as op- obstacles that mm-hmm. we can never overcome. And so when we put our fear aside and we conquer it and we, we defeat it, right, our mm-hmm. faith becomes bigger and we will never encounter an obstacle that cannot be moved mm-hmm. ever. We will never encounter anything as an obstacle. And so it's just really getting to um, a place of understanding that perfect love casts out all fear. We're not, we're not Jesus, right? Our love will never be perfect. But mm-hmm. with his love in us, and, and living through us, we can love as close to perfect as possible because it'll be bold, it'll be brave, and out of that is where love becomes beautiful. Yes. Very nice. So I can't wait to read it. I'm excited about that. Can you, um, I'm going to do some rapid fire questions, okay? Okay, okay. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> What's your favorite sport? Football. Favorite team? Steelers. 
favorite movie of all time? Love Jones. You you. It's like you already knew what I was gonna ask. <laughs> these are not hard for me. Like I'm so passionate about these. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. I'm ready. <laughs> Personal characteristic you are most proud of? Talkative. Hmm. Biggest fear? Oh gosh, animals. <laughs> really? <laughs> Three people who've inspired your life the most. My mom, my, I, I guess it's a group effort. My kids mm-hmm. and my dad. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Those are, those are with hands down. My mom is my, my superhero. I, yes. oh my gosh. Yes. But my kids and then my dad, my dad was the first man to ever teach me how I should be loved mm-hmm. and treated well. And yeah. so because of that, and he used to always say, oh, my gosh, if my sisters are listening, they're going to repeat it with me. He used to always tell us from the time we were little, know who you are. And mm. it was the first time I ever uh, really heard the phrase over and over again. He like, oh, goodness, ingrained it into us. But now as an adult, I appreciate that so much. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's at the core of who our identity is at the core of, of everything that we go forward and, and try to achieve in life. Like we got to know who we are. And yes. so those, those are, yeah, those would be the three, hands down. Nice. Okay, first word that comes to mind. Um, Winter Harris. Happy. Fearless love. Courageous. Social media. Fun. <laughs> Divorce. Growth. Hmm. Marriage. Love. Hmm. Motherhood. Nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Basically. Thank you so much for being on this on the Keys Battle podcast. It was so great talking to you. Can you tell the people where that they where they can find you on Instagram and get more information about your relationship coaching and Absolutely. Um, yes, yeah. absolutely. So they can find me on pretty much all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Harris Winter. And that's my first and last name, just just flipped. <laughs> so at Harris Winter, or they can go to thewinterharris.com. All of the information for relationship coaching, my events, or to pre-order my book is on my site. And if you're interested in attending the Created to Be conference, which is coming up next month in October, they can go to the website created, the number 2 B.com. Nice. Great, everybody. I'm going to put everything in the description of the podcast, so look below. Thank you for being on here, Winter. It was great talking to you. Likewise. Thank you for having me. Of course. And we'll catch you all next time on the Keith Battle Podcast.